welcome to another episode of the other experts podcast today we have amal adam with us amal tell us about yourself hi so hey everyone uh, my name is amal and i'm from somalia i've been here for quite some time about seven years so i did study here in malaysia and then i got a job after i graduated here and it's been going okay so far what what do you do here? Uh, I'm an IT analyst, so I deal with troubleshooting a lot, like network issues, server issues, uh, in the company that I work in. Okay. Um, how long have you been in Malaysia, by the way? Um, seven years now. I came at no, I think yeah, seven. I came at around November 2009. That's when I started schooling here, and then I guess I was here since then. <laughs> okay. And um, why did you choose to come to Malaysia? It's it's a question a lot of people always ask. Like, why Malaysia? Why not anywhere else like Europe or America? Because like, uh, uh, basically, for, especially for me as a Somali person, I'm a bit restricted when it comes down to traveling. So not every country easily accepts Somalis to come over. Malaysia is one of those countries that they're fine with Somalis coming over, studying, settling here. So that was one of the reasons. The second reason is that I was working in Saudi Arabia for after I graduated like five years. So I, I saved a lot of money to pay for my school. So based on how much I had, Malaysia was the best option whereby I can afford going to school and for my living expenses when I was here. Okay. Well, that's, you lived in Saudi as well? Uh, yeah, I was born and raised in Saudi. Okay. All right. Um, um, talking about uh, Malaysia and um, your relationship with the country, we recently had um, an article on um, the other experts. Um, I don't know if you heard about the Watson's Malaysia fiasco yeah. we had. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? For me, it's, I, I wouldn't say upsetting now because I got used to the perception of black people here. But when I first came, I noticed everywhere you go, there's always this picture of a beauty product where you will be lighter and then suddenly you'll find <laughs> happiness. <laughs> because apparently dark people can't find happiness while they're dark. That's yeah. like forbidden. <laughs> so when I came, I noticed that. And then I noticed that every time I used to go and maybe buy makeup product or something, like I wouldn't find my shade, so I have to order my things online. Or if I go to a hair place, I just want to cut my hair. Like it's going to be a conference. They will call each other <laughs> and they're like, we don't know how to deal with this. And it's just curly hair. It's not like I have to sit and say, it's not going to bite you. It's exactly. just hair. So for me, the anti-blackness is a huge part of the culture here and i think even because like indians are, are considered dark skin in their culture so they also go through these problems it's similar to the i would say colorism we have as well so they have it in their own way but i think it's everywhere here <laughs> there's a lot of things that if you do people will notice first you're black before they notice anything, anything else, else yeah. yeah so that the anti-blackness does happen but for me, as a woman, I think I get it easier than you guys. Yeah, true. Because I'm not a threat. <laughs> so I'm never a threat to yes, men here. They're not scared yeah, of me. One, one step lower, at least, yeah. Yeah, so for you guys, it's like they see black and they see a man. I don't know why they expect guns and drugs. <laughs> it's like the perception of Hollywood. That's everything we do, which is... It, it is ridiculous, but it's what we live with here. Yeah, true. Um, how, how do you deal with it? Um, how have you been dealing with that here? 
I would say I I tend to educate people around me like as much as I can. I used to do that, but now it's like it's a constant thing happening over and over. So you kind of become desensitized for it. You don't react to it sometimes. But in general, I used to like because especially if they say Somali, they think about war, famine, and I'm like. It's, this is not only us. This is what happened to us in the last what 20, 30 years. But before that, we have culture. We still have culture. We still have art. We have we have everything. Like Somalia used to be called the Switzerland of Africa. So it's like suddenly we're just everything about Somalia is negative. Yeah. So I used to like try to educate people around me, but people really don't want to be educated sometimes. Um. Yeah. True. Um. I think the media though is is a lot to blame for the perception that people have about Africa and the individual countries because most times what you see on media is just wars and famine and people dying and there's this happening and there's that happening it's almost never good yeah um so somehow the media takes a blame for a lot of this it does but at the same time it's like we're in an age where you can know like i wouldn't sometimes i get questions like you guys have lions as pets and I'm like we've never attempted but <laughs> maybe with your suggestions we can do that it's like <laughs> yeah it's like some things like that like uh if you are with an uber driver or grab driver sometimes you hear such things yeah. and you're like what was that <laughs> That does happen. Yeah. Uh, or, for example, they, they they even have levels of blackness. I thought like we're all Africans, but we're all black. There is also levels of blackness. Like the way if 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 they see your accent is not a Nigerian accent, because yeah. for for a lot of people here, just Africa is Nigeria. So if it's not a Nigerian accent, they will be like they don't know where to put you yeah, because Africa is just Nigeria. Yeah. So a lot of people. Yeah. yeah so which box I would be fitting in? Because I also have an accent, but my accent is not Nigerian, it's Somali. So they're like, they don't know how to fit me in sometimes. Yeah. And I can see the confusion on their eyes. <laughs> so, yeah. Sometimes I educate, depends on the situation. Sometimes I know that there is no point to an extent. Yeah. So I just leave the situation at it. You get to like say, okay, this is not this, this is this. But yeah, it still gets to the point where you're like, you know what, guys, just google it's it's there already just use the technology you already have how how strong is the black girl magic in malaysia no not that strong i always i, I always try to put it because whenever like even in my headings and like uh, like my instagram or my i always love to use that word but for people here, sometimes it comes to them across as racist, but being pro-black doesn't mean you are racist. Yeah, so, or you're anti and you're like, oh, it's just you it, are pro-black. Exactly. So he, the, I have a lot of friends who like girls from Somali, um, Uganda. So we, we do talk about these things. They are what we say woke. So I would have those nice conversations with them. but. It's not. It's not that represented here because again, the negative perceptions. So. Can you like um, tell us more about the black girl magic a bit, in case there's people who don't really know much about it? 
So I th- I think I first read about it. I think it started as a hash a hashtag, hashtag on Twitter. Yeah. So when I when I was looking at it, I was seeing like different type of blackness, different type of Africans because there is also black people in Latin America. There's also Caribbeans. There's also African Americans. So the term black is like so diverse and huge and. Anyway, scientifically, Africa is considered most, more, one of the most um, genetically diverse continents. Yeah. So we literally have everything. That's why it's nice to see a term that will just blanket all of us at yeah. once, and it's in a celebration way. Like we Absolutely. celebrate ourselves, Thank our you. blackness, being a woman. Because also, other than we also deal with misogyny coming off, we have to also educate our brothers. So, because we we deal with a lot of misogyny coming from our own black men, so it's like we have to have a fight on full front. Sometimes with our own, sometimes outside. It's like that's why for us we have to always be perfect. Like we don't even have the margin of making a mistake because making a mistake for you is like it's gonna attach you to everything negative. So you have to be the model black girl, like absolutely everything on point, uh, perfect school. Uh, <laughs> Credit, everything, like do everything right. So we we do have that pressure as well on coming from ourselves to ourselves. Uh, what what advice do you have for other black women in Malaysia? What 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 would you want to tell them? Um, I would say first of all, be self-aware. Read more about your own history, where you come from. Have it's perfect if you are a pro black person because you would know where you come from you would know a lot of the history that you didn't necessarily study at school right so you would have some sort of a pride in yourself so you will always that will push you to work even harder and harder and harder malaysia in general is not a country where i feel unsafe in so i i do walk around and stuff but i'm also not going to walk around if i'm carrying like a expensive phone out in the street like i would have to also be smart like any other country in the world but you wouldn't face a lot of issues but if you face the anti blackness cuz you're going to face it somebody's going to come sideways to you yep. so it's you got to be what i would say prepared Like for me, because I am, I grew up in Saudi, where anti-blackness and racism is is the normal every day. So I'm resilient to it. But if a girl is coming from Somalia or from any other country in Africa, where she grew up with African people, and then she faced this, yeah. I would understand how it would be so confusing for her, and she wouldn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. So it's just be aware that this situation are gonna happen. But I don't think it's gonna be to an extent where you're gonna. be harmed like physically or something like i wouldn't hopefully, hopefully <laughs> i wouldn't think so, but of course you you also have the responsibility to be safe yeah true. if it's late you don't walk around yeah. you just take a grab or an uber by that time so it's like there's things you have to do as well but in general um i wouldn't be scared if i'm going out alone if i'm going to be dropped by a grab or uber or a taxi i would feel safe okay. so that's it good that's a plus for the country at least yeah Um uh, well that's all we have for this episode of the other experts podcast tune in next time for another entertaining episode